Hey, Real Talk listeners, welcome back. We are in kind of a new mini series. Michelle and I are here to talk about the continuous topic, Michelle. I feel like we rotate through some topics, but there's new and improved comments and situations that keep happening throughout uh, this pandemic or, you know, whatever is going on throughout the world. So, Michelle, where is everyone? That is such a good question. You know, so being in the um, field of HR, uh, we have either, depending on um, the role we're playing or the project that we have, we either have direct interaction with recruiting teams. At the very least, we have indirect interactions within the recruiting teams. And we continue to hear from the recruiting world, where are all the people? Like, where have the people gone? And that became a a major topic, what fall to winter of last year and sort of going into this year with the entire HR community, right, Maria? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's exactly what it is, right? And it's, you know, it's interesting because you can't, um, one of the things that we're always talking about when we're speaking to HR professionals is lead from a business problem or approach things from a business perspective, bring data and information. It is always significantly more helpful if your data is related to your actual uh, business, but even independent surveys or data that comes externally from trusted resources can work as well. But the problem is, the problem has to exist for people to start doing those research or those surveys and start asking those questions. And then as those of you who use data a lot recognize, you also need to start to be able to identify trends. Trends happen over a period of time, not just a snapshot in time. So we were to have just looked at fall of 2021, that gave us a snapshot of what hiring was like in that process. But we needed to be able to compare that to during the height of the pandemic, uh, pre-pandemic. And then even as the world starts to recognize that this is sort of a way of life, um, I'd love to call it post-pandemic, but we're truly not at post-pandemic stage yet. But we are at a place where people are starting to recognize that this is our lives. And so as a result of that, we're starting to try to truly define what that normal should look like. And so if we really want to talk about where the people are, it's important that not only do we talk to the missing people, because guys, they're not missing, they're just not at your business anymore. But we also need to look at it from a pre, during, um, and post perspective in order to see how or what that impact is. Now, most of the HR professionals that I've interacted with since 
late summer of 2021, we all recognized immediately that there were some bigger issues or root causes that were being brought to the surface as a result of social unrest, particularly in the United States of America, combined with the global pandemic. Those two things together started to force people to look and question uh, their existence. And there's an article actually that I read and when I talk about, um, it's an article by Harvard Business Review called Workers Don't Feel Like a 9 to 5 Job is a Safe Bet Anymore. I know it's a long title, but it's very descriptive of what the article is. Um, and for me, it's a really interesting article because I can actually remember the moment and it was probably 2012. Um, and while I didn't do anything about it because, well, I didn't have the courage at the time to do anything about it. In 2012 is when I recognized for real that regardless of who I was employed with, I still was being treated like a number. I was an employee number blank. And based on my hire date or my tenure or my performance appraisal, um, based on that employee number, helped to decide whether or not I stayed or I went during the Great Recession, if you will. Um, and that was kind of the moment that it was a big awakening for me that I was literally a tool that they needed to be successful. I was not necessarily a person that they were invested in the same way they were invested in their profits. My overall opinion, notice I said it's my opinion. I know we all have them. My overall opinion started when you started seeing companies make some pretty massive mistakes at the beginning of the pandemic. You saw companies doing mass layoffs on Zoom calls. You had situations where senior leaders were speaking things that were incredibly inappropriate to workforces in regards to their employment. You had employees who, yes, out of fear, but guess what? We're humans. Out of fear, want their employers to come up with safe solutions. And you had employers who had no idea what those safe solutions were because no one did. And yet those employees were still counting on those employers to make good decisions on their behalf. You had situations where people were forced to work in uncomfortable situations where they didn't feel protected or safe. Um, during the pandemic, you had people working significant overtime because they were trying to run the business as they did prior to the pandemic and people were getting burned out left and right. You had lack of communication. You had, in some cases, no communication, whether it was the pandemic or even addressing the extremes of what were happening 
in the social climate of the United States of America. And all of that comes together to make people start asking themselves why they bother. And that's really when you start to open the door for people to ask even tougher questions, for people to start questioning your leadership behaviors, to start questioning your company's overall objectives and start questioning their value in your organization. And as a result of that, again, my opinion, we saw people leave in mass because they were done. I personally saw employees who decided they would rather live without a paycheck than come to work and risk their well-being. Um, in fact, in the organization I was with at the time, we did help to support employees who were out because of COVID financially. However, if you chose to be out because you were scared that you were going to get COVID, um, we did not support you financially. And unfortunately, neither did the state of South Carolina. And so there were dozens of employees who were literally taking all of their acceptable time off without pay because they felt like the employers were not doing what they needed to to make their area or the working area safe. So that was a really long way to kind of sum up my overall thoughts, which I'll or to explain my overall thoughts, which I'll sum up by saying, I believe people decided that if they weren't going to be valuable enough, they would find different solutions how to make money. Yeah, and I think, you know, the article goes into some, uh, you know, context about how it's not just something that's transpiring in the U.S., right? They've seen this across um, different countries that, uh, you know, are are really going on from an impact. And I think every country has maybe also taken part in creating the destabilization within the workforce, right? I think, like you said, I'm not disagreeing that people are willing to put up with a lot less now than they have in the past. That was completely unacceptable. I think, you know, most people are frustrated. I think there's been a sense of uh, fatigue in areas like Zoom fatigue, overtime fatigue, you know, just burnout, right, going on. I think the governments in every country providing economic solutions to many people who were laid off or no longer working due to COVID created also this abundance of positions available at organizations, which in turn is a vicious circle of, uh, you know, burnout, because then people who are at the organization still are making up for other people's roles and responsibilities. And I think that a lot of people have, like you mentioned, identified ways to do more with less like living their lives on unemployment at whatever percentage or rate that is, they found a way to make a dollar go a lot farther during certain times. Now, is that true right now where 
Food is, you know, kind of jacked uh, higher and there's inflation of 7.4% in the United States and in various other countries. Gas rates are going up because of the war with Ukraine and Russia and the demand of supply in other areas. So do I think uh, people can stretch their dollar as far at this exact moment in time? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, but did it create a system where people were thinking what their capabilities were before and wanting to be solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, or just identify something a little bit less stressful? Absolutely. I think if people were in highly stressful positions, they've then gone and become yoga instructors outside on the beach, COVID-free, or they've you know gone and become greeters at Walmart, whatever it is that's literally less thought process or something they actually have a mission of inspiration to do. So one of the things, and um, Marie and I, you and I have a, a slightly different opinion on this, but at the end of the day, there's some root reasoning where we do agree on. And this article talks about it as well, which is at the end of the day, people have gotten little jobs for all of time based on the need to have a paycheck. Now, you might go to work every day because you love it. You may keep going if you win the lottery. You may be in a field that really makes you happy and you would show up even if you took a small pay cut. I get that. So I've always believed that people work because they have bills to pay and they need to survive. At the same time, I've always believed that you choose your profession and you choose your company based on what brings you happiness, right? So I get that you are definitely more committed when you're in a place where you are happy. However, for most people, at the end of the day, work somewhere because we have to have financial security in some fashion. You've got to pay your bills, right? But having said that, that leads us to the next question, which is, what do you do about it? So like you said, Maria, people have gotten really creative. I don't know if any of our listeners are on TikTok, but there are comedians who probably, you know, surviving with some small shows in smaller, they're not as recognizable comedians. Um, and I actually follow two who are now Uber Eats drivers and at each of their stops, they record and tell jokes. And now they're using that platform to drive their lives financially while making a little money with Uber Eats. And people are absolutely following them and they're getting all of that visibility because of that. People have gotten incredibly creative with both, like you said, stretching a dollar and finding multiple ways to make money. But for employers in large organizations, it's still important that you have people show up because what we're seeing is restaurant hours being cut dramatically or closing for multiple days within a week. You see a loss of production in manufacturing, you see a strain on customer service in retail. I have yet to walk into 
a retail establishment or a restaurant establishment in the past three months that doesn't have a now hiring sign. So you've got to do something to keep your people. So I want to share with you four ideas from this article. And Maria and I might dig in a little bit, give you some tangible examples uh, versus this conceptual big picture. But we want to give you somewhere to walk away with a solution. The first one, and I know you guys are all going to hate it, particularly manufacturing. This is such a staking point, traditional manufacturing. Provide employees with greater levels of autonomy control and bing, 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 flexibility. Traditional manufacturing, there are a number of punitive systems that are in place to ensure that people show up so that the line keeps running. It could be tardy penalties or absence penalties. You're not allowed to have a day off without losing points unless it is an approved day off based on pre-approved reasons. Typically, manufacturing doesn't even think about part-time because it's easier to schedule full-time. In fact, in South Carolina, a vast majority, um, not only is it full-time hours, but they're 12, 10 to 12-hour shifts, which I don't know if you guys have ever done a 12-hour shift. I have. They suck. Everything that I just described for you is the exact opposite of what people need and what they want. I'm not going to get into the want because, frankly, if you want more autonomy, control, and flexibility in a job, I encourage you to find a job that provides that. However, I do want to talk about need. We are at a moment in time where if a child gets a runny nose, they are sent home from school until the parent can prove that they do not have COVID-19. As a result of all of this stuff, you've got a significant increase in absences within your workforce. Now, imagine that you have a single parent situation. And instead of dividing those absences between two spouses within a relationship, you've now got one parent who has to be present in some fashion for that child for every day they have to be out. And that's if they come back negative. If they come back positive, then it's even more days that they have to take off um, to, to be with that child. So when it comes to flexibility, it's no longer just a desire. There's got to be some adjustment in expectations. Maria, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think you need to create an environment, I guess in so many words on what you're saying, is to allow people to bring their whole self to work. I love that. Okay, reason or thing number two that you can do Make sure your employees know that you value their contributions. I'm going to pause on this one for a second because there is not an employee in the world that will say no to a bonus or a pizza party day. We're all going to say yes to that, right? But we don't want 
a win situation where you say, oh, yay, you hit an impossible deadline or you all hit this deadline, even though half the team was out this week. Let me do for that. We want that, but we want recognition often, not just in those moments where we do something so amazing that you're in awe that it was even possible. Maybe, because everybody likes to be recognized differently. Tell me more. Well, I mean, yes, everybody wants different types of recognition. Everybody wants different types of encouragement and motivation to move forward. And I think for our listeners, you just need to understand that some people want that in some sort of, I mean, when you're taking a look, for example, like sales folks or those that go to market, they want it kind of like visible to the organization through some sort of communication. And some people are a little bit more humble about it and they do want it, but you have to be very strategic as a leader or as an organization on how you recognize that person and reward them for their efforts to bring their whole self to work. Jesus, I love these. We're going to have to put these on t-shirts, I'm telling you. (laughs) Okay, the next tip, provide on-the-job opportunities for people to grow within your organization. You know, it's interesting. I've actually seen a lot of companies recently that it appears from the outside are not encouraging that internal growth, that they are taking key leadership positions, regardless of what department it is, um, and they're looking externally for new talent. And I am a big fan of new talent. I believe that they are more likely to come in and question the status quo, probably push you outside of your comfort zone a little bit more if you find the right external talent. However, if people are still showing up at at your work every day, maybe it's time to start doing an analysis of the talent that you have already and who there will stretch themselves or reach outside of the box or maybe have an incredible perspective because they promoted internally and they can bring that perspective and that point of view so that you're more likely to implement positive changes that your entire staff is on board for. So that's the third tip, Maria. Provide more opportunities for people to grow and stretch internally. Yes. With being challenged in a way or providing innovation or ways to innovate. And then finally, I would say, um, look at independent workers. The reality is we might never see this shift back. If you have uh, never been on sites like Upwork, they are literally advertising or asking for anything from part-time HR directors (laughs) to whatever. Initially, the first time I was introduced to Upwork, it was very much focused on creative stuff, which could have been voiceovers or videos or um, writing. And now the scope has grown so dramatically. In fact, even more sites are offering similar services. So the suggestion is pretty clear. 
maybe what you need to do is look for an independent worker who will come from that perspective because that's the perspective that they want. Not everyone is in a place to start their own business, whether it's a a solopreneur, an entrepreneur with a bigger establishment, but a number of people are in positions to become contract workers. So consider whether or not that position could be effective with a contract worker versus a full-time staff. It'll open up a wealth of other candidates for you. It's true, but then there's also laws and regulations or just kind of, you know, things to be mindful of, of are you purposely hiring an independent contractor so you don't have to pay them benefits? So it depends, right? Every state has their own regulations. um, And a lot of companies try to do that. Trust me, I know a lot of companies have been trying to do that to get out of paying the extra, you know, 30 some percent. Uh, fringe of benefits that are incorporated in an actual full-time employee. So I encourage everyone to be very thoughtful in how you're doing the independent contractor and as if that person is short-term, long-term, or wants to intend to do that. Love that. So that gives you a few places to start, guys. The reality is the people have on and you're going to have to change if you want the same caliber of employees that you had prior to people leaving. Yeah, I think it's uh, important. Actually, Michelle, there's one more piece too. A lot of companies are starting to hire people in a part-time capacity. I mean, think about this. What if you worked for two different companies, one Monday, Wednesday, and Friday in the mornings or all day, and then you worked for another company on Tuesdays and Thursdays, or you worked for one company Monday through Wednesday and another company Thursday or Friday, and there's another person right behind you working the exact opposite shifts at maybe the same company, maybe another company, but then your work never goes uncompleted and you get satisfaction from doing two different jobs. A lot of companies are actually moving towards that process, which seems very different, but you know they're offering their part-timers Benefits. And then like if you let's talk about the HR realm, right? If you like to do learning and development, but you don't like to do it all the time, then maybe you get a job doing that, you know, two to three days a week. And then they're like, oh, you know, I'd love to mix up some of my HR business partner experience and do that as another at another company. And maybe do that two days a week, maybe on Mondays and Fridays when it's the most stressful. And you're like, you know what, this is like, The excitement of my life is to have the emergency fire drills the first and last day of the week. Maybe you take on those responsibilities and you work at two different companies. Definitely something for you to consider as a company. I don't think enough people are actually thinking about this. I think they are either. In fact, if you remember back to when our podcast started, we had a number of guests come on. Um, and talk about what was happening in the world. And over and over again, what we heard from them was it is time for you as a business owner to flex and adjust um, with the world, to start to think creatively, to start to look at what your, not just your customer, but your employees need from you for you to be successful. And I still think What I'm finding is that people haven't stopped 
and ask that question. And what we've said and what we've heard over and over again is if you continue to plow through like you are the exception to the rule and you don't have to do what Maria just suggested is stop and be thoughtful about what you're going to do, I'm afraid what you will find is that you will continue to cycle through employees potentially to your business's detriment. It's true. And I don't think enough people are actually thinking through that. Agreed. But then again, you know, we did have Dang on our podcast and he was talking about the great reshuffle. I mean, people leave and then all of a sudden you magically see them come back. So that might be something that happens in the future. It could be. But guys, you know what you could also do if you are not in a position to think creatively or outside of the box? You just heard Maria on the spot come up with three different ideas to really focus on your workforce and getting the right people. So reach out to us at realtalent.com. We'll come in, talk to you about current state, um, and then help you come up with future state for your business so that three things can occur. And there are three critical things in your business. One, you make money. Two, you make money and you make your employees happy while doing it. And three, as a result of their happiness, they ensure your clients or your customers get the best products or services available. So reach out to us anytime. We'd love to have a strategy session with you. Well, you heard it yourself. Until next time, everybody. We are just talking a little bit about and we're going to continue this conversation of where is everyone? So stay tuned. Bye.